Good Monday morning, Monday, Monday morning here. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, squirrels and ocelots, mimes and pipe fitters, tap dancers and brick masons, all are welcome here at Pontificating with Paul and the Proletariat, heard Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. till noon, right here at 1320 WARA and all over the world at WARARadio.com. Oh, please, please, stop it, stop it. You're making me blush. Gosh. (sighs) We are in studio, in studio this morning. Yeah! Uh, So the phone lines are open for your calls at 508-222-1320. 508-222-1320 is Lurt Number to call into the studio. As always, you can text the show and become a remote correspondent, text in at 774-287-6194. That's 774-287-6194. That's what I forgot to do. You can also email the show at paul at wararadio.com, paul at wararadio.com. I'll get that set up in un momento, por favor. <sighs> um... <laughs> um, amazingly, uh, I did this last year at about this time. Never anticipated being invited back, but uh, yeah, our show's going to end early today. Show is going to end at 11 o'clock uh, because, believe it or not, um, I've got to head up to Worcester State University. Way back in my day, it was Worcester State College. Uh, I've got to head up to Worcester State University uh, to speak to our Dave Angel's class uh, today and tomorrow. Uh, regarding the history of radio, its relevance, or lack thereof, uh, today. Uh, So, yeah, speaking to a college class, I dressed relatively nicely. Uh, Last year, I went went all out, went with a tweed, tweed sport jacket. Carol thought that was a little much, considering the year is 2023, and people don't even wear tweed on college campuses anymore. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, I'm heading up to speak to a college class. Pardon me? Yeah, I know. Imagine that. They're paying tuition. They're paying tuition uh, to, um, uh, to, uh, to, hear from, uh, to hear from me, of all people. Uh, a little bit more on that, but first, let's go to the phone lines at 508-222-1320 and say good morning. Good morning. Good morning, good morning Paul. Hey, who's this? This is N6OUE, a uh, ham radio operator. Don't put that on the air. Okay. Well, hey, Paul. You're on the How air you- now. <laughs> How's the RF gain? Say it again. RF gain, radio frequency gain. Ra- you burnt radio frequency gain. Radio frequency gain, yes. <laughs> I hear the delay. Yeah, what's that in the background? That's you. I know that's me. <laughs> That's, I'm fucking with you. Oops, oh, don't say that. I'm sorry. Bleep that out. Bleep that oh, out. There we go. I got the dump button there. That's what it's for. Hey, <sighs> Cole, can you put on uh, Norwegian Wood by the Beatles? Norwegian Wood by the Beatles. How long are you going to be listening? Oh, probably for another two hours. 
All right, because I'm going to be leaving early today at 11 o'clock. I could start it then. But you know what? Just for you, I'll put it on earlier. Uh, Norwegian hey, Wood. Paul. John. Hey, Paul. Yep. Hey, Paul, smoke some weed, will you? Uh, you got it. Absolutely. Not not this early in the morning. I don't do wake and bake anymore. Hey, um, hey Paul, I'm originally, I'm originally from the West Coast. Dude. I'm a, I'm a retired firefighter. Oh, excellent. All right. Well, good for you. But, hey, Paul, where's the, where's the antenna towers at? Uh, somewhere in the uh, uh, on a big hill in North Attleboro. Oh, really? Yes, I've never climbed it. Oh, I have. I've climbed 200 feet on a tower, 220 feet. Don't look down. I did. <laughs> I did. I don't mind heights. I love to fly, too. Excellent. What, what's your first name? D-E-W-E-Y. Dewey Peters on 1035 South Main Street. Don't put that on the air. <laughs> Too late. You already said it. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, shit, bro. All right. Come on, brother. All right. I'll see you, man. Knock him dead. Right on. There he goes. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yay. All right. There we go. Now we got this one ringing in. Click that. Whoops. Click that button. Click that button. Click this button. Good morning. Good morning, Paul. Hey, Agent 86. How you doing, Tom? I'm doing great, my friend. Doing great. (laughs) For a weekend of some disc golf. Played a little disc golf with Eric yesterday. Oh, where? We went to uh, the uh, the place in uh, Plainville called Hawkins. Okay. And I tell you, boy, I'm glad I didn't bring you there because, ooh, man, you talk about trees. Man, <laughs> here, a tree. <laughs> they, they even got this one hole, uh, and there's a tree right off the tee box, and they have a, a, a like a football pad protect, protecting the tree because so many people hit it. Wow. Yeah, you could put some razors on the edge of those discs and cut those babies down. Uh, or, or, or maybe a little midnight rendezvous will uh, will take care of that tree. Well, as my uh, big brother Rich and three of his buddies, who shall remain nameless, who cut down that tree at the ninth hole of Westboro Country Club all those years ago, and they got away with it because everyone was thrilled the tree was gone. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Wow! No doubt. Well, they, it, it's 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 a great place. But I definitely will, will uh, bring you bring you there. But I think we should play Borderland first before okay. we play. Uh, you know, the uh, Hawkins. Yeah, and in Borderland, is that the one in Easton? Yes, it is. Excellent. Yeah, that, that's supposed to be an outstanding course. And again, when we have the uh, city council candidates on, when we get Mayor Kathleen DeSimone on, uh, my first demand, my first priority, to hell with high taxes on senior citizens and all that nonsense. I want a disc golf course in Attleboro. Yes, definitely pressure on that issue, like I say. <laughs> Social discourse, no discourse. There you go. Exactly right. We can't be a world-class city without a disc golf course. So the reason uh, That's true. Uh, so the reason why I called in is if you're going to play Norwegian Wood, listen to the lyrics of that song. This is how I interpret it. It might be a little bit twisted, but this is how I interpret it. The guy meets this girl. Yeah. The girl brings him back to her place. Yeah. He notices that her place is beautiful. It's Norwegian Wood. Yeah. Uh, they have a drink. Uh, she says, I got to go to bed early. And, um, and, uh, he, he said something and she laughs at him. Yeah. So then he crawls up, he crawls up in the bath. And then when he awakes, the bird has flown. The bird is slang for uh, a female. Yes. He says the bird has flown and he seems missed by this. So he decides to light her furniture on fire. Ooh. Doesn't it burn 
Doesn't it burn good, Norwegian wood? Well, no, we know that he went back to her apartment because he thought he was going to get lucky. He did not. He struck out. But I think uh, it's the embers in the fireplace is the Norwegian wood. I don't think he, I don't think he no. was an arsonist. No, no listen, listen to the lyrics. He, he looks around and he marvels when he first gets back to her place at the beginning of the song. He marvels about her furniture being good. It's Norwegian wood. Huh. All right, I'll, I'll interpret that. Um, over the weekend, over the weekend, I sent you a song, uh, Dim, from the band Dada, which I love, especially their album Puzzle. Um, they've got a song on their Puzzle album called Posters, where a guy goes back to a, a young lady's apartment. She's got great posters, and he too, he too fails to engage in knee-knocking activities. It's like a rock and roll version of the Beatles' Norwegian Wood. So look that up, the band Dada, the song Posters. It's uh, kind of like a sideways look at Norwegian Wood. I, I did listen to that, uh, that clip that you sent me. I, I, I like that song. I like their energy. It's a high-energy band. But I do remember their one song that they did hit called uh, Disneyland. Yep. yep. I'm and going to Disneyland. Fun. I just flipped off President George. I'm going to Disneyland. <laughs> awesome hey you keep keep going strong my friend knock him dead uh one last thing uh when it comes to the band dada listen to their song bob the drummer and i love that song because just like the first rocky movie the theme of the song is losers are people too and they deserve yeah. our attention our sympathies losers are people too uh dada bob the drummer is the song look it up I will. Thank you very much for the, uh, the uh, uh, suggestion. There it is. Knock him dead. All right. All right. You have a great day. <laughs> you too. Bye. There he goes, our own Agent 86. Uh, he hosts uh, Besides the B-Sides, a.k.a. Earworms with Agents 86, uh, every Thursday, 5 to 8 p.m., right after Looking Back with Lee, 3 to 5. Um, I want to get to... Um, so a one serious matter. We are strong, resilient community. Weekend bomb threat fails to weaken will of Attleboro Synagogue. Uh, Ron Straminski, if you're listening, feel free to call in. But before I get to that, um, saw a ra an incredibly rare sight, and I can't wait to talk about this with the amazing Jim Corbin. And Jim, if you're listening, maybe you can look up some information on this. Um, coming in on 93 South, before it hooks up with 95, a morning rainbow, a morning rainbow, I tell you. I went to grab my flip phone to try to take a couple pictures and then realized, what in God's name are you doing? Traffic is stacked out here. You start taking pictures of a rainbow. Next thing you're going to be taking pictures of is the damaged rear end of the car in front of you. So I put the phone down. I didn't get any pictures, but a morning rainbow. We've all seen rainbows in the afternoon after a rainstorm or rain shower, and then the sun comes out. And we wonder if there really is a pot of gold at the end of that rainbow and how long would it take me to get there. But I don't ever recall, ever recall in the 65 years I've inhabited this planet, taking up space, rats, um, seeing a morning, a morning rainbow, I tell you. Yeah. 774-287-6194 um, is the number to text in. You can call at 508-222-1320, 508 508-222. 1320, um, had to use a different computer this morning to print up my plagiarism, <clears throat> my research uh, for the show, which again will only be a two-hour edition today. I'm out of here at 11 o'clock. 
Um, we'll put music on for the last hour. For tomorrow, I'll try and get it organized and have uh, some archived, you know, alleged best of clip in the final hour of the show. But today you're going to be stuck with music. Let me get this song ready for that request. We'll play that one first. Okay. Um, oh, yeah, there was a power outage. There was a power outage. Had to search all over the studio to find a computer that was attached to a printer that was working. I failed, and then Dominic explained it so even I could understand, and I was able to print out my uh, plagiarism, <coughs> my research. Uh, but on a very, very, very serious note uh, here in Attleboro, Craig Borges, uh, managing director, editor, uh, chief cook and bottle washer at the Sun Chronicle, uh, writes... The Saturday morning bomb threat leveled at the city's sole synagogue failed to weaken the resolve of its congregation, which carried out its weekend schedule once an all-clear was announced by investigators. We are a strong, resilient community, said Molly Jacob, president of the congregation, Agudis Akim Alajuan. No, sorry, Paulo, no jokes. This is a serious story. <clears throat> when it's not a serious situation... I do refer to it as the Agudis Akim Olajuwon uh, Synagogue, but it's the Agudis Akim on North Main Street. The synagogue learned of the threat from the Jewish Alliance of Greater Rhode Island. The alliance said several synagogues had received bomb threats through email. Agudis Akim did not directly receive an email threat, did not. State police were on the scene by 9.40 a.m. Saturday with bomb-sniffing dogs and other equipment to do a sweep of the building grounds. They found no evidence of any bombs or bomb-making materials. I think the dog was distracted, though, by some guy smoking marijuana in the far corner of the parking lot. <clears throat> That's not true. Police announced an all-clear by 11.30 a.m. in the congregation, which had, been, uh, which had taken shelter across the street at the Evangelical Covenant Church. How about that? How about that? Christian community and Jewish communities reaching across the aisle, as it were, to support each other. We certainly support that. Uh, yeah, they had taken shelter across the street at the Evangelical Covenant Church during the investigation and returned to finish Shabbat morning services, as well as a bat mitzvah for teenager named Molly Goldfine. Way to go, Molly. Uh, the services began while congregation members were at the church, and while state police carried out their investigation, Sunday morning Hebrew school classes went on as scheduled as well. I want to reassure you that everyone is safe and we followed our established security plan, Jacob said. How sad. How sad is it that in 2023, a synagogue needs, needs an established security plan. But what happened in uh, Pittsburgh a few months, or is it now years ago, that slaughter? How sad, in a house of worship, a house of worship, you have to have these security plans in place. Um, again, to us old people, we still remember World War II. We still remember the rise of fascism, nationalism, and racism in the 1920s and 30s in Europe and the horrors it caused. But too many people don't remember. So much for the never forget phrase, huh? Too many people don't remember. And these horrors are back. Page two. Ah, the bomb skip. Whoops. And by the way, I want to thank Jackie Romanicki. She uh, sent me a text, I think, on Saturday, the day this happened, to um, make me aware of it. The bomb scare. What time is it? 
I got to get to a break soon. The bomb scare, and then we'll get to your song, Norwegian Wood, requester. The bomb scare was the latest in a number of threats called into Jewish places of worship throughout the country since Hamas, the terrorist group that controls the Gaza Strip and the Middle East, invaded Israel last weekend. Wow. Well, at least we know who the person who emailed the threats or called in the bomb threats, we know who they voted for in the last presidential election. Rats. Attleboro Police Deputy Timothy Cook Jr. said no items of concern were found during the state police search of the building and grounds on Saturday. Police, however, remained at the scene throughout the weekend. Cook said the Attleboro Police Department is conducting an active investigation into the source of the threatening email and will cooperate with regional and federal law enforcement agencies already investigating threats received in other jurisdictions. Though he would not reveal what was said in the threat, WBZ in Boston, a radio station almost as big and as important as ours, uh, reported the statement read, The bombs will blow up in a few hours. A lot of people will die. You all deserve to die. That's horrible. <laughs> Excuse me. That's horrible. Cook did say in a statement the language used in the email was consistent with other threats to other Jewish centers across New England on both Friday and Saturday. Jacobs said the congregation was thankful for all of the help and support they received during the incident, including that from the Attleboro Police Department, as well as the Jewish Alliance of Greater Rhode Island, and of course, the Evangelical Covenant Church across the street. Jacobs also had praise for the teenager whose bat mitzvah almost, was almost derailed by the threat. She led the congregation in services with great poise and maturity, we thank the Goldfine family for their flexibility, and we thank the Attleboro police and our church neighbors for their support. Last week, Temple Beth L. Uh, Temple Beth L. Excuse me, in Providence, received a bomb threat over voicemail. Vincent Johnson, Johnson, 65 of Pawtucket, was charged Wednesday with calling in that bomb threat. Special place in hell uh, for old uh, Vincent Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. We'll be right back after this on 1320 WARA. Everybody! Ah. Oh, sorry about that, folks. Had to uh, blow my snout. I mean, nose. Ah. Welcome back. Welcome back to Pontificating with Paul and the Proletariat, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. till noon, right here at 1320 WARA, all over the world at WARARadio.com. If you like the show, please tell someone about it. We could use the old publicity. If you don't like the show, please, please have the basic human decency to keep your big mouth shut. All right, 508-222-1320 is the number, 508-222-1320. Ah, saw a rainbow this morning, a rainbow, I tell you. And uh, yes, I I will be uh, today and tomorrow leaving at 11 a.m. because I've got to head up to Worcester State University and speak to uh, Dave Angel's. Uh, class. <clears throat> I wonder if they're concerned about the quality of the education they're paying for. Uh, but hopefully, hopefully, uh, my uh, little interlude with the college students in Central Mass at Worcester State University uh, will go better than, well, this, this exchange between a um, motivated, curious, experienced college student and his professor. That uh, great clip from uh, Back to School. Pardon me? Yeah, maybe we'll fit in the uh, uh, Sam Kennison clip as well. Uh, Agent ATN calling in regarding that song, Norwegian Wood. 
At the end, uh, so I lit a fire, isn't it good, Norwegian Wood, sings the frustrated John Lennon because he did not, did not get to engage in any knee-knocking activities with the young lady who invited him up to his room. Agent 86 uh, thinks that the Norwegian Wood was the, well, wood of the woman's apartment uh, that John Lennon torched uh, due to frustration over failing to engage in knee-knocking activities. I thought it was a fire in the fireplace, but Agent ATN writes in, I like Agent 86 take on Norwegian wood. It is not directly supported in the song by the lyrics, but I could see the stretch should be a writer. Ooh. Although if she did not have furniture, where did he get the Norwegian wood? Other than the timbers and wood used in the construction of said building and apartment. He sat on the floor and slept in the bath. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. What wood was he burning? Hmm, interesting. These are the deep, deep philosophical questions that we have to address on this show. All right, we don't have to, but <clears throat> we choose to. Yeah. Did you see uh, when, um, if you were watching along on monitor number three, no, that's on this side, monitor number three, uh, the way the other students in the class were diligently, diligently uh, taking notes uh, based on the real-world experiences of Thornton Mellon. Pardon me? Yes, yes, the check he wrote to the university was a very large check, of course. 774-287-6194 is the number to text in. You can email the show at paul at com. paul at com. once I get that <clears throat> set up. Rats. That darn ADD. Click on this. Um, Halloween is coming up. A Halloween study found that most people have a stronger connection to the paranormal than one might think. Just over 60%, 60%, I tell you, of the people um, reviewed in this study admit to have seen a ghost in their lifetime. Uh, I have not. Uh, Carol has seen some form of um, apparition uh, once in her life. Oh, I've heard ghosts on a couple of occasions, uh, I think. I think, maybe, or maybe it was the bad acid from 1969's Woodstock, although I've never done acid to my knowledge, so that couldn't be it. Anyway, get back to the story. Yes, just over 60% of the people admit to have seen, uh, seen, seen a ghost, he tried to say, in their lifetime. <whistles> and, and more than 40% of those surveyed think their pet has seen one, too. One in three people have either lived or stayed in a house they felt was haunted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, is it a Far Side cartoon, or was it a different cartoon? One dog's talking to another dog, and the uh, the mother, we, or the woman in there, the adult woman, we assume the owner of the dog, is blissfully sitting in her chair doing knitting or something, and one dog says to the other, <coughs> watch this, this gets her every time. I'm going to go over and stare at the closet for no reason whatsoever. Yeah. The other dog laughs because obviously he's going to stare at the closet uh, to make his master, the adult woman, believe there's a ghost in there. They mess with us. They mess with us. There was a, um, 
accidentally threw it into the recycling bin before I finished reading the article. Rats. Uh, but uh, last Sunday's uh, Boston Globe, a week ago yesterday, and their uh, Sunday, you know, review idea section, whatever it's called, it was, um, if our dogs could speak to us, dot, 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 you might not like what they'd had to say. Ooh, ooh, yeah, things we do for our dogs that we think. We think our dogs enjoy, but it actually uh, drives them um, cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. All right, let's head into a break. Uh, we played Norwegian Wood for our first caller, a ham radio operator, letting it rip early in the morning. Um, so then we played Norwegian Wood, Agent 86, uh, called in uh, earlier as well with his alternate theory about the lyrics of Norwegian Wood. He didn't start a fire in the fireplace. That wasn't the Norwegian Wood. He burnt down the whole darn apartment because he was angry uh, that he, well, failed, failed in his goal of engaging in knee-knocking activities with the uh, younger woman. Uh, this is a band, Dada, out of California. Uh, late 80s, early 90s. I think they're still together. Just three of them. Just three of them in this band. And uh, I love them. I've always loved them. Um, they're kind of like the East Coast version, only harder, harder-edged. Uh, out here, we have the band Guster, which Jim Jones and I uh, both love, and we can't believe. I mean, they've gotten some radio play, but we can't believe they never made it big. And for me, the West Coast version of that is Dada. Uh, out of uh, California, just the three of them, guitar, bass, and drums. Uh, here's their take on a Norwegian wood-type theme, a gentleman who was invited back to a lady's apartment and failed to engage in knee-knocking activities. Let's let it rip. Some music on my people. Show you my posters. I don't want to look at your posters. I want to look at you. Yeah, I'll show you I'm a lover. Uh, she never got around to that part. Although we like the posters a great deal. We'll be right back. Uh, Psychag Radio, uh, like right out of the Blues Brothers, some woman is driving her automobile inside the store. Please, please, Cushman Donuts. Cushman Donuts were much better than Hostess Donuts. All right, welcome back to Pontificating with Paul and the Proletariat. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, all right. Seven, uh, 508-222-1320 is Lure Number. 508-222-1320 is uh, Lure Number. Oh, Spandex is in the news. we got to get to that. Uh, what time is it? Coming up to our 940, we'll be speaking to the amazing Jim Corbin just after our 10 a.m. break. Uh, to keep our license with the FCC, there are a couple real-world issues we do have to get to. Hold on. Come on. Come on. <clears throat> Evacuations in Gaza. Uh, if I was benevolent czar of not just this country but of the world, I would say, uh, hey Hamas, what do you say you, you release the prisoners you haven't slaughtered yet? And uh, Israel, uh, what do you say we not, you know, completely bomb? <clears throat> Um, well, the Gaza Strip, uh, back to the Stone Age. Um, can we, can, I, I know um, what Hamas has done, Hamas has done, I mean, it's the largest slaughter uh, of Jews since the Holocaust, uh, which, uh, by the way, it did really happen. Um, and there's going to be some retribution for that. 
Uh, yeah, uh, bite the head off the snake. The head, uh, the Hamas uh, terrorist group slash governing body of the Gaza Strip. Uh, I wish there was a way they could cut the head or the Hamas off the snake without forcing, what, more than a million uh, civilians to uh, vacate said area. Rats. Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, who's never had any interest in peace, uh, the country's military uh, said yesterday the country's military operations were focused on completely dismantling Hamas, signaling Israel is planning to mount a full-scale invasion of the Gaza Strip. The comments came a week after an invasion and subsequent brutal attack by Hamas against unsuspecting civilians in southern Israel. Uh, many attending a musical concert. Hundreds of thousands of troops have amassed at the border with Gaza, while Israel urged residents in northern Gaza to evacuate southward. Analysts say the operation is expected to begin in northern Gaza, focusing on a network of underground tunnels used by Hamas. Wish we could use some of those tunnels to get food, water, and supplies to the civilians. International officials continue to warn of an impending humanitarian crisis, you think, particularly in hospitals and shelters whose generators uh, could run out of fuel, heck, before the show was over today, following a full blockade by Israel of goods entering Gaza. Israel has argued the blockade is necessary to push Hamas to release more than 100 hostages taken during the initial attack. As of this writing, which was a couple hours ago, the combined death toll, excuse me, the combined death toll has passed 4,000 civilians including at least 1,400 Israelis and more than 2,600 Palestinians. Close to 30 Americans are believed to be among those killed. Separately, the U.S. sent a second aircraft carrier, the USS Eisenhower, to the eastern Mediterranean in hopes of deterring the escalation of a broader regional conflict. Someone uh, at Hamas, many people with Hamas, and the people who perpetrated uh, this uh, slaughter of <sighs> civilians, um, they've got to pay a price. They've got to pay a big price, a way wicked big price. Does the entire Palestinian population? And I can understand the counter-argument counter to that. Well, hey, it's their fault. <clears throat> they selected Hamas, really, uh, to be their terrorist group slash governing body. You reap what you sow. Darn. And, well, let's move on, because Amy Goodman will be covering that a lot. I'm out of here an hour early today, and uh, <clears throat> our hopes and prayers are with all of the civilians involved here, uh, especially uh, with the families and friends of the yes, uh, Israeli Israelis who were Slaughtered, attending a musical festival. Are you kidding me? Hamas, what the hell did you expect to accomplish with this? You think this is going to bring you any closer to your goals? This? Rats. A newly developed machine learning algorithm, otherwise known as Allah Forsaken Artificial Intelligence, for the first time decoded parts of a burned manuscript recovered from the ancient Roman city of, uh-oh, uh, Herculaneum. Herculaneum. That's exactly how it's pronounced. 
The breakthrough was made by 21-year-old Luke Farator, a youth who attends the University of Nebraska. He majors in computer science as part of a $1 million competition to digitally restore the scrolls. A single full word translated as purple was revealed. Huh. Purple. We could learn something from that. You kind of take the red and the blue, you put them together, you got purple. Situated just west of Mount Vesuvius, the city fell victim. Hold on here. Situated just west of Mount Vesuvius, the city fell victim to the same massive first century eruption that burned nearby Pompeii. Like its neighbor, much of the city was preserved under a blanket of ash. Roughly 1,800 manuscripts were accidentally found in the mid-18th century, charred but intact, housed in a single via potentially owned by the father-in-law of Julius Caesar. Ferritor, he's the student who decoded the scrolls, was awarded $40,000 for being the first to identify a single word. The competition's $700,000 grand prize goes to the first team to decode four separate passages. Huh. What do you know? 508-222-1320 is Lert number. 508-222-1320 is the number. Uh, coming up to 947, you know what that means. It's time for our 945 break. Woof. Sing it like you mean it. Yeah. <clears throat> no stinking fade outs. Uh, when they're singing about a girl who showed him, stop it, showed him her posters. And uh, that's about it. I'll get there. I'll get there. Of course, sadly, sadly, the wife they were talking about behind her back <clears throat> makes a lousy cup of coffee. 774-287-6194 is the number to text in. I've got some remote correspondence, but my phone was buried, so I didn't see the Mr. Blue Pride, uh, who's still depressed over the Fighting Bombardiers football team, 35 nothing loss to the Stoughton Black Knights on Friday night. Ouch. Uh, he writes in, Who's doing the weather today? Uh, that would be the amazing Jim Corbin, as he does most, most Mondays and Tuesdays. If Jim, I would like to know, where did all these mosquitoes come from? It's fall, not summer. They're all confuseded. What season is it? Your friend, Mark. Uh, well, we'll definitely, definitely uh, ask him about the uh, mosquitoes. I think it's because of all the water. Um... Let me get sneak these remote correspondence in before we go to the uh, phone. Uh, da, 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 da. Um, uh, oh, Agent 01581 from my hometown writes in, Count your blessings that I am not in attendance at your Worcester State University guest lecture appearance later today. I could have mirrored my inner Thornton Mellon, which likely would have resulted in the ejection from your classroom and an escorted visit to the campus police. Yes, because Agent 01581, a big mover and shaker in a Central Mass radio, uh, TV, cable access TV, and the like. Uh, yeah, yeah, unlike the students, <clears throat> Agent 01581 actually knows, knows the history of radio and TV. Following your speech, please recruit your brothers and report to Gillette Stadium for an on-field assignment. 
This might salvage what is shaping up to be the professional football version of the Bad News Bears. Yes, we'll be right with the agent 13 and a half. Uh, yeah, I know it's not a sports show, so I'll make this quick. The Patriots stink out loud. They are 1-5, and five, and they look, let me think, awful. La- uh, one more, Agent 86. Maybe when he says poster, it's a metaphor for something else. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Say no more. I'm not sure. Let's uh, push this button. Let's push this button and say good morning to Agent 13 and a half. Good morning. How are you today? Never better, darn it. Good. I was just calling to give an update and uh, reaffirm that uh, N-Train will be at the Narrows on Friday night from Nantucket. That's their home location. Yeah. And I'll be at the Narrows. And if you like rhythm and uh, congas and trap drums and timbales, second only to Carlos Santana's Ooh. band. Ooh. And they they have great lyrics and uh they really get everybody up and dancing if you like to shake a leg, so to speak. And then the following night at the Orpheum will be Lucinda Williams. Oh, the Orpheum. And she will not be playing guitar, I found out. Right. She's she won't be playing. She's still recovering from a stroke, but she will be singing. And she has two major guns that uh, guitarists that are in her band. So I'm sure that they'll be able to cut the mustard and. Uh, her, her singing is super, superlative as well, so yep. I thought I would uh, put that back out there. And uh, uh, an update on uh, the Pump House on Friday night that I went to to see the Devots perform. Marty Blue on bass, Richard Kudo on drum, David Tannery on lead guitar, and Paul Savageau on keyboards. And on a 1 to 10, they were a 12. Oh, outstanding. And if you've never gone to the Pump House, you might want to actually... But actually want to go to the pump house sometime and really appreciate the food and the atmosphere and uh, the loving nature of the people that go. I mean, I, yeah. I danced with uh, three different women within the course of uh, two and a half hours. Wow. And, and not one of them I, slapped you. No, not one of them <laughs> slapped me. And, uh, and they smiled. And uh, one of them actually gave me their home phone number. So when they come back from Tampa. Yeah. I'll be tampering. No. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully you won't be gazing at Norwegian wood or just posters on the wall. Uh, judging by the two songs we played earlier, well, good, good luck with that. Yeah. So I was actually right about something. I think I said to you a month or so ago that uh, Lucinda Williams, she has her voice back, but unfortunately, uh, not the coordination in her hands, so she can't play guitar anymore. But it's still Lucinda Williams, whose style is undefinable. Is a country? Is it Americana? Is it Western? I don't know what the hell it is, but I love it. I am a huge Lucinda Williams fan. Okay, so uh, play something from... Uh, oh, I've got one lined up. Uh, from, what is it? Uh, Can't Let Go from her Car Wheels on a Gravel Road album. Uh, I was going to suggest that actual song, but... Uh, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> all right, well, uh, tell Carol I said hello. And uh, I hope that you have a good day. Yeah, I hope the students at Worcester State University have a good day. I'll be speaking to them at 1230. Uh, So we're off today at uh, 11 a.m. The show's going to end. We'll have music on instead. And uh, let's enjoy each other's company for another hour and 10 minutes or so. Well, just be glad it's not at Harvard University. Oh, you're not kidding, based on uh, their reaction to what's going on in the Mideast. Good point, 13 and a half. Really? It's, it's, it 
makes me nauseous just to think that uh, we have a university with people that are in, into such insane perversity that they would take and they would reinforce the fact that they want the enemy to kill more Jews and kill more babies. It's like... Yeah, it's, is this America? Is this America? Yeah, there's certainly not the majority of the progressives, but sadly, they're the loudest right now, and uh, that's going to leave a mark. It scars all of us. Rats. Right. Well, we're all in, we're all in this together. We can pray and fast and just uh, hope beyond all hope, like Jesus said. Have a great day. You too. Take care. All right, there he goes, Agent 13 and a half, 774-287-6194. I will play Lucinda Williams coming up. But right now, I've got to play something else in case Agent 5 is listening. Uh, the last time we had to celebrate uh, Patsy Cline, I can't remember what it was, but she was in my This Day in Music notes. And Agent 5 was not pleased, nor was the lovely Carol McLaughlin of the Quincy McLaughlins, when I played the Blues Brothers version of Stand By Your Man. Yes, their gig at the, uh, Bob's Country Bunker. <clears throat> As a good old Blues Brothers boy. Uh, band. Um, uh, so this time, I'll play the real thing. On October 16th, that's today, 1961, Patsy Cline released her cover of the Willie Nelson penned song, Crazy. Oh, we'll get back to our Lucinda, Lucinda Williams, Patsy Cline <clears throat> and Crazy. Yeah. Uh, Willie Nelson wrote the song, Crazy. Hold on, click on that. Uh, while living in Houston, working for Papa Daly's famed record company, D Records. Eventually, the song made its way to country star Hank Cochran, who passed it along to Patsy Cline. Her recording was an instant hit, peaking at number two on the Billboard's country chart and number nine on the pop chart. The pop charts, I tell you. I wonder what country song kept crazy from reaching the apex, the top of the mountain, as it were. Hmm. Uh, while the song has been frequently covered over the decades, Klein's rendition remains the best-known version and has endured as a country standard. More than 30 years after its release, the recording was named the most played jukebox tune of all time. The Library of Congress added the song to its national recording registry. Crazy. That's wrong microphone. Crazy. Way to go, Patsy. Come on. Thank you. She missed her cue. I don't even know what that was an ad for. Everybody! Everybody! Oh, get, a, get away from me. Lucinda <laughs> Williams can't let go. Mr. Corbin. Yes, mister. I asked you to wait through the uh, opening bars of that song because I had to run to the bathroom and celebrate Tinkle Tuesday on a Monday morning. <laughs> Can you hold on for another 45 seconds or so? Because Peter J. Wiggins is in studio. Hey, Paul, how you been? I will hold. Hello, Peter. Hey, Jim, how you been? By the way, you right. should have seen Peter and I chair dancing together to yeah. Can't Let Go. Oh, thing of beauty. <laughs> What's happening in Norton, Peter? Today, I'm going to be covering a Norton Lancer's Girls soccer game against the Millis Mohawks at 5.15 p.m. at Adams Field. And just for the record, Jim, just like you doing the weather, Peter is doing this without notes, extemporaneously off the top of That's his right. head. Excellent. That is super. Yes. I love it. That's ne right. Next. And tomorrow I've got the Norton Medway boys soccer game at 5 o'clock. 
Yay. Anything else? And tonight, today at the Good City Pub in Norton will be the Norton High School Volleyball Fundraiser, where 20% of your check will be donated to Norton High School Volleyball, and I'm participating in it. Excellent. Outstanding. That's right. What, uh, what are you going to order? The roast beef sandwich and uh, the fries. Yeah. All right. Now, do you like the regular fries or spicy fries or cheese fries? Regular fries. Good. Uh, Pete, the more I learn about you, the more I like you. That's right. What else is going on in <laughs> Purple Town? Hey, Jackie. Oh, Jackie Romanicki. Yes, the greatest. <laughs> Romanicki, but close enough. Peter, thank you very much. Right, now, could you do me one more favor? What is it? Could you introduce the amazing Jim Corbin? Here's the introducing amazing Jim Corbin. Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Jim. Unofficial, unofficial mayor of Norton. That's right. Norton. 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 <laughs> Thanks, Peter. By the way, Peter, one last thing. Are they tearing up the field at the high school to make a new one? What are they doing over there? They're keeping the field. They're keeping They're the keeping field. It. Yep. Yep. Okay, so it's not gonna it's not gonna go to turf, is it? It it's already on turf. It already is, Jim. It, yep. It is. So they're fixing it up again? Because I, I saw it torn up the other day. Yep, yep. And I'm fixing it up. Okay, good. Yep, thank well, you. thanks for the information. Jim, see you, Jim and Paul. Go get him, Peter. Uh, ah, all right, Jim. Uh, all right, now, Paul, you're leaving in less than an hour. Now, I know you. What's that gigantic fee you're charging to talk to those students? Uh, I think a free lunch from I'm Dave kidding. Angel. I'm kidding. No, I've I got know, actually today. I've got to get back as soon as I'm done. I've got to get back because I'm using Carol's car tomorrow. I'll have my car so I can hang out a little bit longer. I don't know if you heard the beginning of the show, Jim. Um, I uh, for the first time in my 65 years on this planet, this yep. morning on 93 South, I saw a rainbow first thing in the morning, not in the afternoon, a morning rainbow. Uh, well, that is rare for two reasons, and you know what they are, right? Uh, of course I know what they are, but I, uh, I, uh, rare I'd rather you tell the audience. <laughs> okay, well, the two main reasons are, and you are correct that it's, it's, you don't usually see it often. Uh, convective showers are usually in the heat of the afternoon, but uh, when there's cold air aloft, you sometimes get them, like we're getting a few this afternoon. Yep. So actually, Paul, you might see a double rainbow, one this you saw this morning, wow. and I would keep an eye keep an eye this afternoon. Maybe if you're out in Worcester, you might catch a shower out there. But yeah, so they're less prevalent, the showers in the morning. Of course, it has to be right around when the sun is low in the sky in the morning. Yeah. And two, most more people are up in the late afternoon than in the early morning. A lot of people sleep in, and they don't generally look at the skies, which, of course, you and I do much more than many others. So, yes. Uh, so it's less prevalent to get the showers, although they do happen like they did this morning. And two, Less people, most people are lazy, you know what, and aren't looking, are still either in bed or they're in the shower. They're not looking at the skies in the early morning. So you got the taste of one, and you might even make it two this afternoon. Well, you two know. Two rainbows in one day. And you still haven't told me, are you, are you charging the kids a fee, the school a fee? No. No. Okay. It, it, I knew it, you would. Not it is kidding. my gift. By the way, um, <laughs> uh, remind me in case I forget, uh, Mr. Blue Pride wants to know, what the hell's the deal with all the mosquitoes? Oh, I did hear that. I've, I've heard both of your show. I guess I didn't hear Norwegian Wood. But, uh, yeah, no, I, you correctly said it. Uh, we still have a damp ground, especially yeah. if you live near. Uh, I'm sure he probably is near some swampland. Bingo. Uh, so, be, you know, so the swampland and the fact that uh, we have a higher water table than even for this time of the year. So the And we haven't had a, a freeze yet, So uh, or even a frost, heavy frost. So uh, the mosquitoes, just like the foliage, are a little off this year. Uh, they're hanging around later for various reasons, like I just said. And yeah. 
Uh, and so, you know, until we get a real good frost, heavy frost or certainly a freeze, we're going to probably continue to see more because they, uh, they like to breed near some of those uh, little swampy areas where you like to skate in the winter. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing you mentioned too, Paul, is uh, what was the other thing you were talking about? I wrote down actually because I was outside. Uh, oh, 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 no, I know it was. It, this wasn't what you were talking about. You know what happened 14 years ago this Wednesday? It has to do with the fact that uh, how bad the Patriots have been playing lately. 14 years op- ago this Wednesday. October 18th, 2009. It was a Sunday, and the Patriots were playing. Was that the day they scored more than 50 points on the Washington Redskins? 59 to nothing against the Titans. Oh, okay. In the wow. snow. They had one inch of snow October 18th, and the talk, of course, was not only that that win. That year, I think they – I can't remember if they uh, – that was the year they were in a bit of disarray, a rare year of yeah. disarray, I think, 2009, uh, whatever. Point is, uh, they blew out the Titans 59 to nothing on a Sunday in snow, and I think we're going to have some cold spells this November. I think we might have a few spouts of snow this November. Uh, because that's the cold air has been lurking to the north. But that particular winter was just about average. So another case where just because you get an early snowfall, it usually means uh, the pattern flips throughout the winter. So okay. uh, if we don't get much snow for a while, if, and you're a snow lover, that's a good thing. You want the snow to really ramp up uh, towards Christmas, January, and February. If you get snow in October and even before Thanksgiving, usually you don't get a ton of it throughout the winter. So uh, that's the thing we'll be monitoring. But, yeah, I thought I had... Someone had mentioned that on Facebook yesterday uh, about that Facebook. game. They were wrong with the date. Well, I had checked it briefly. I know. What's Facebook? Facebook. But, uh, Facebook. And what's, they don't call Twitter. What's it called? X? Or no, what's the one that's changed? X. Well, X, which I, I'm never on. But anyway, yeah, so I just thought of that. 59 to nothing. Wouldn't it be nice if that ever happened again to the Patriots? Uh, but uh, probably not. Uh, but, oh, that's, and we'll talk about this tomorrow, Paul. There is a chance... Uh, of some rain and wind this weekend and possibly strong winds on Sunday. So could there be strong winds when the Patriots play the Bills? Maybe they could finally beat the Bills again due to bad weather and strong winds. We'll see. That's Sunday afternoon. But until then, we've got – oh, and there's one more thing I wanted to mention. We have a shot at late-season grapple this afternoon in this cold air a lot. So, yeah. So you might might be able to see if you're out this afternoon, you saw an early morning rainbow, and then maybe a late afternoon rainbow preceded by grapple. Now, that's a special day. That's a special day. All right, mid-50s, that's all this afternoon. Pretty much what you see is what you get. We've had a little sun for a time this morning, but uh, the clouds are filling back in. A couple of scattered showers, maybe some grapple. Temperatures in the mid-50s. Mid-40s tonight, upper 50s tomorrow, so we stay a little cool. Sun and clouds. And then finally, Wednesday, Thursday, and most of Friday, looking pretty good with upper 60s. Uh, Could even get close to 70 briefly on Thursday. And then we'll be monitoring down the coast, a potential coastal storm. Right now, it looks like it's not going to be major, but stay tuned. If it intensifies more, then we could be uh, backing with northwest winds gusting really strong on Sunday. So we'll have to see what happens. Probably not much precipitation, but uh, Sunday looks to be the drier day of the weekend. Of course, we've seen that before, and it doesn't always work out. Okay. Wow. And what was the other thing? Oh, uh, there was one other thing I was going to mention, and I can't think of it. Da, oh, da, you know, rainbow. Da, 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 I know, da, 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 I know. And yeah, but now I don't, I don't go as long as I used to. You cut me off. You don't want me to talk as much anymore. No. People can't stand it. No. I've been, I've been stopping. I've been, I get that after about seven minutes, you've had enough of me. Not that I'm tooting my... And he's like, okay, you got it? Is that it? Can we go now? 
<laughs> I used to be able to go right till the break. Now you're like, you want me to shut up. Oh. But anyway, no, but anyway, uh, who is now number one in football in this area? Is it still KP? Because I was with a kid the other day, and he was all happy. Uh, King Philip, uh, undefeated King Philip, knocked off undefeated uh, Foxborough over the weekend. That's what it was. So KP's up top, but they're going to be playing next week against the undefeated Milford Fighting Scarlet Hawks. Wow. Uh, yeah, so uh, that should be a big game uh, next week. The uh, Yep. And Attleboro didn't do too well. Is that what I heard? Yeah, they lost to nope. Stoughton uh, 30, 30, 30, 35 to nothing. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, so they've been outscored um, 87, like the Patriots. 87 to nothing over the last couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Well, they, 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 connection they, well they've been the decimated Patriots. by injuries. Um, no, I know, just like the Patriots. Yeah. But um, uh, Agent 5 checking in. Hello yeah. and good morning, Paul, Peter, and the amazing Jim Corbin. Thank you for the beautiful fall weather, weather spelled correctly. Love it, yeah. followed by 12 hearts, so we know she means it. How wonderful a morning rainbow. Yeah, a morning rainbow. And the trees by the highways, I guess because of the emissions from the car, uh, they turn first, right? Because it was yeah, a, a beautiful drive on the south. A lot of times in the, uh, in the medians, too, of mm. the highways. Because you get a lot of times, for whatever reason, there's more uh, of those, um, not oak trees, but maple trees that come out early. There's a stretch on 495, I think. Speaking of Milford, I think it's through that area. Okay. Every, for, for years, when I lived in Bellingham and I used to go up to Milford and other places, Worcester, uh, beautiful maple, early colors. Uh, there's a stretch there right through uh, the Milford area and a few other towns. But, uh, yeah, you're probably right about that, the dirty stuff that comes out of the exhaust pipes yeah. uh, sends the trees into disarray and they, uh, they come out early. But they show their naked bodies. That's what it is. The beautiful <laughs> colors are what the trees, the leaves, what they really look. They get rid of their chlorophyll. And that's what, when you see the colors, that's what the trees look like when they're nude, naked, whatever you want to call them. So uh, this year it's been a little more subdued season, but uh, that's due to the wet weather. And, again, that's the reason, the main reason why uh, mosquitoes are still Oops. around. They uh, more of them because it's, there's more water around on, in the woodlands and the fact that we still haven't had a, a heavy frost or a freeze. Wow. Well, thank you, Jim. Well, you're very welcome. And, again, uh, we will talk again tomorrow, and good luck. If we get that'll be a three for three. Two rainbows and some grapples oh. for Paul this afternoon. If we get it, you'll have to report tomorrow. Oh, good things come in threes. Good things there come you, in threes. There you go. Enjoy. All right, go get him, Jim. Okay, bye. Here he goes, the amazing Jim Corbin. Uh, click on that, click on that. And we're coming up to our 1016, uh, almost in time for our 1015 break. Uh, when I become Benevolent Czar, and it's only a matter of time, when I become Benevolent Czar, I will nominate Lucinda Williams for the position of God. Oh, but I can't let go. So... But I can't let go. No stinking fade-outs for Lucinda Williams. Yeah. Oh, wait. Yeah, the liners aren't in. So I know what that dead air means. We're back. Yeah. At Pontificating with Paul and the Proletariat, heard Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. till noon, right here on 1320 WARA, all over the world at WARARadio.com. October 16th, 1972, as Dominic told you if you were listening, Creedence Clearwater Revival officially disbanded because they had all had enough of John Fogarty. Incredibly, incredibly, incredibly talented. 
not so easy to work with. Not so easy to work with. The band disbanded months after the release of their seventh and final studio album, Mardi Gras, and a year after the departure of a founding member, the first member of Creedence Clearwater, uh, to leave the band because he had had enough of John Fogarty, and that would be John's brother, Tom. Tom Fogarty. Yeah. Wow. This song's in the Big Lebowski soundtrack. Yes, right before he smashes into the dumpster, exactly. Yeah, we'll get back to um, looking out my back door. Uh, not to be confused with their other big hit. Well, they had oodles of hits. Uh, there's a bathroom on the right at the end of this set. Uh, a week ago yesterday, the lovely Carol McLaughlin of the Quincy McLaughlins and I uh, ventured uh, north to Maine. Maine? Um... Auburn, Maine, I knew it would come to me, uh, which is kind of near Lincoln, Maine. Well, thank heavens it was last week or a week ago Sunday we were in Maine and not yesterday. A driver led police on a 55-mile chase in Maine. 55 miles. Now, the good news is uh, the uh, police uh, don't as often as they used to engage in the incredibly dangerous high-speed chases. Because, well, too many innocents can get hurt that way. Heck, too many police officers could get hurt that way. Um, But one of the downsides of abandoning the high-speed chases, a decision I agree with, is that, um, well, back in my day, you never had a 55-mile chase. They're lucky if they got a half-mile away, never mind 55 miles, dagnabbit. And that's how we liked it. Oh, well. A driver led police on a 55-mile chase in Maine after nearly hitting a game warden who was investigating a moose complaint, police said. What the hell was the moose complaining about? Carol, can the, can the moose in Maine speak English? How did the police know that the moose was complaining? I don't know. Police said the chase began late Thursday morning after multiple agencies were informed that the vehicle almost hit the warden in Lincoln. The warden had witnessed the vehicle leaving the scene of a suspected trespassing and theft at a pulp and tissue mill, and the high-speed pursuit began, police said. Uh, By the way, I just want to recommend to this gentleman who uh, uh, engaged in a theft at a pulp and tissue mill, remember, The tissue goes over the top of the roll, not behind the roll. That's low class. It goes over the top of the roll. There are certain standards we have to have as a society. Thank you. Back to the story. The pursuit ended more than 90 minutes later in Haynesville, excuse me, a la forsaken Haynesville, Maine, after police deployed tire deflation mats and other techniques to slow the vehicle. Pardon me? Yeah, I have no idea why it took him 55 miles to think of employing the tire deflation mats and other techniques, but oh well. Police said two passengers in the automobile were taken into custody and charged with crimes, including theft and criminal trespassing. The driver fled the scene, but was quickly located and charged with numerous offenses. And we're going to assume he was quickly located and charged with numerous offenses because the driver again, uh, probably, fled the scene, dashed into the woods of Maine. And I know it's not black season, uh, black fly season yet uh, in Maine, 
Um, but as uh, our own Mr. Blue Pride, Mark LaFontaine, point out, pointed out, uh, there are oodles of mosquitoes. Uh, due to the high water levels, oodles upon oodles of mosquitoes. And I'm going to guess this gentleman thought uh, coming back out of the woods and uh, facing the music and or the police, as it were, uh, was a better option uh, than rolling around in the woods of Maine, battling the bugs, critters, mosquitoes, talking moose, or any other creature out there. Pardon me? No, ocelots are in the southwest part of this uh, country. There are no ocelots in Maine. Police said the, uh, it was not immediately clear if the driver and passengers had hired attorneys. Yeah, it was not clear if the attorneys, having read about this story, were accepting phone calls. Uh, the driver was transported to Aroostook County Jail, and the passengers posted bail. Aroostook County? Carol, that's way up there, isn't it? Isn't it? 774-287-6194 is the number to text in. But I'm in studio today for a little while, about 35 more minutes, uh, then heading up to Worcester State College, Worcester State University, excuse me, uh, to uh, speak to one of our multiple award-winning Breezy Dave Angel, the professor's uh, classes, doing the same thing tomorrow to a different class. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, have your kid. Uh, pay tuition to attend Worcester State University, and they might have to sit through a lecture from me, me, I tell you, at one of their classes. <clears throat> yeah. Agent 5 writes in, I'd be happy to hear Lucinda Williams all morning. She was so wonderful. I'm sorry, she is so wonderful. Goddess nomination, she so is. Yes, yes, those who are fans of the movie Dogma, the uh, Ben Affleck, uh, Matt, Damon movie, Dogma, uh, which I think is an unbelievably spiritual movie, an incredible spiritual movie. I love the movie Dogma. Um, uh, but late in that movie, Alanis Morissette plays the part of God. Uh, when I'm benevolent czar, I will not have Lucinda Williams play the part of God. I will have Lucinda Williams assume the role of God herself. Yes, I think Lucinda can do every bit as well as the present God herself is doing. No offense, God, if you're listening. Yeah. Also, I go through Auburn to get to Peru. Ooh, Route 4. I go through Auburn to get to Peru, where my sister, S-I-S-T-A-H, spelled correctly, lives. Huh. What do you know? What do you know? And it's amazing. Uh, you drive on the highways of Massachusetts, and you see a state police officer about every three-quarters of a mile. You drive the highways in New Hampshire and Maine. Now, you stay a state police officer, I don't know, about every, oh, 300 miles or so. Where are we? 774-287-6194 is Lure Number. 774-287-6194 is Lure Number. Did I have a song picked out? Oh, yes, I'm, it's up there already. Sorry. Tough to get old. Tough to get old. And, um... Man, if you were alive and lived in Washington, D.C. on this day in 1962, it'd be a great day. On October 16th, 1962, get in here, talk about the uh, Literacy Center. On this day in 1962, a two-month-long Motown Records tour dubbed the Motortown Review kicked off in Washington, D.C. On the bill were Marvin Gaye, The Supremes, Mary Wells, The Miracles, and 12-year-old Stevie Wonder. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Wow. Uh, bursting into the uh, studio, unannounced and uninvited, 
Usually welcome, though, our own Austin Ricketts. Hello, Austin. Hey, Paul. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, If you were a parent of a student who attended Worcester State University and took one of our multiple award-winning Breezy Dave Angels, the professor's class, uh, would you demand some kind of refund if your child in Dave Angel's class had to sit through a presentation delivered by me? Maybe just for that class, <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, Is that what you're doing? Today and tomorrow. Oh, nice. Well, I you should say to twice. Yeah. today, if it goes well enough today, tomorrow <laughs> as well. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, what's going on at Literacy Center? Uh, so the Literacy Center, we're an adult education center. We do a lot of... Uh, Uh, English for speakers of other languages, uh, ESOL trainings, um, computer literacy classes, uh, citizenship training. Could I take one of those? I think you, yeah, you might. Computer literacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, It's early Monday. It took you a while to get that joke. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't had my coffee yet, no. Mm. Um, So what we're doing, especially in light of the upcoming local elections, is we're holding a... um, public forum at the Atterboro Public Library on Wednesday, which is the 18th, from 6 to 8 p.m., and it's called What the Heck Does Government Do? Ooh. Uh, it's featuring... Uh, uh, right now, not much, considering there's no Speaker of the House. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this, this will focus more on local and state elections, um, but there's going to be people from the Literacy Center and Wheaton College that are going to be there um, just talking about the basics of how government functions how people can get involved, um, what services the government provides, uh, et cetera. So that's uh, Wednesday from 6 to 8 p.m. It's a free event. Um, so a- anyone who has questions or just wants to learn more is free to come on down. Fantastic. And one more time, the time, date, time, and place. Uh, October 18th, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Attleboro Public Library. October 18th. Yep. 6 to 8 p.m. I'm glad you're writing it down. You're, I am. You'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> At the public library. Um, oh. I've got a game, I think. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll be recording it so you can watch a replay. Oh, good. So, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Austin, thank you so much. Yeah. All right. Take care. <laughs> Where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, 508-222-1320 is Learn on Bear. 508-222-1320. Uh, you're only stuck with me for a half hour more. I'm uh, putting songs into the computer system to uh, get us through the final hour of the show, and then I hope to talk to Jim Jones. And um, it, it, Jim Jones knows how to put, uh, you know, either one hour or a full show, a full archive show, into the system. If I give him more than oh, 17 minutes notice, that I need it done. So I'll try to get um, a uh, best. Uh, I'll try to get an hour of a radio that doesn't stink out loud uh, from a past edition of this show, Pontificating with Paul and the Proletariat, uh, for the last hour tomorrow. But today, you're going to be stuck uh, with uh, music. Yeah. Uh, 508-222-1320 is alert number. And uh, where are we? Oh, okay. We'll be right back after this on 1320 WAR. This is uh, Joey Heatherton. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Heavens to Betsy, she can dance. Wow. Uh, Joey, when you uh, dance like that, the uh, Surter sleeper bed doesn't make me think of um, sleeping. Yeah. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, say no more. Yeah. Um, On this day in 1976, 
This album is in the stack of records just to the left of the desk I broadcast from when I'm in the man cave, editing suite, fine, Carol's office. Uh, Stevie Wonder's songs in the key of life went to number one in the U.S. album charts on this day in 1976. The seminal title, which features such songs as Isn't She Lovely and Sir Duke, became the artist's best-selling album and won Album of the Year at the 1977 Grammys. The broadly acclaimed title, which was later inducted into the National Recording Registry, is also considered the final release of Wonder's classic period. What, uh, Talking Book, Inner Visions, Secret Life of Plants, all that great, tremendous uh, 1970s stuff. I've got one song picked up from that album. Uh, No, we can't do a seven-minute song. That's too long. Uh, I'm going to play that song later in the last hour of the show when I'm out of here. No, I'm not playing Isn't She Lovely. 105.7 is going to play that song six times today. All right, not the most original Stevie Wonder song uh, in the world, Uh, but uh, something we do on this show. Here's Stevie Wonder looking back at the good old days when he was a young whippersnapper and the world was the way things ought to be. Not all screwed up like they are today, Dagnabbit. It's the music of my people. Oh, get away from me. uh, 508-222-1320 is Learn and Bear. 508-222-1320 is the uh, number. No, we're we're in the studio at Attleboro, Mass., 42 Union Street, right here in Attleboro. Yes, across the street from uh, 37 Union Street, the old Foster Building, which... Made Attleboro famous as Paddleboro a few years back. That's the Wicked Witch of the West who lived in my closet. Lived in my closet when I was a youth. Used to scare the bejesus out of me. I've told you before, when I, <clears throat> when I told my father I was, what, five or six years old, I was convinced, convinced the Wicked Witch lived in my closet. He had a brilliant response. For Christ's sakes, if that's true, where the hell does she keep her flying monkeys? <clears throat> The attic? I don't know. How did Dorothy get home? Yes, yes, tapping the uh, heels of her ruby red slippers together three times and saying something that uh, Glenda, the alleged good witch, alleged good witch, could have told her about 37 seconds after she arrived in Munchkinland. And the ruby slippers magically, magically uh, transmogrified or, or matriculated, as it were, uh, from the feet of the Wicked Witch of the East onto uh, Dorothy's, uh, Dorothy's delicate little piggy toes. Yeah, Glenda, how can you tell her then? Oh, you want to go home? Just uh, click your heels together and say there's no place but home. Instead of going through the hell and nearly dying, dying over the course of the movie. And you're trying to tell me Glenda was the good guy? I don't think so. Wow. Uh, Contrasted by a man charged in the museum heist of a pair of ruby slippers that Judy Garland wore in the Wizard of Oz when they weren't plying her with pills, drugs, and alcohol throughout her entire early career. Rats. Uh, Pleaded guilty. Guilty. Last Friday in a deal that could keep him out of prison due to his failing health, but only cleared up some of the mystery that dates back... 18 years. 18 years. We, we, we just said that. Don't be repetitive, redundant, or reduplicative. <clears throat> right, Agent 86? Speaking of a text you sent me this morning. Terry John Martin, age 76, 
pled, what did I hit? Pled guilty to a single count of theft of a major artwork. The shoes were stolen in 2005 from the Judy Garland Museum in the late actor's hometown of Grand Rapids, Minnesota. Minnesota, eh? Uh, recovered, uh, they were recovered by the FBI in 2018. <coughs> Excuse me. No one was arrested until Martin, who lives near Grand Rapids, was charged this year. During his change of plea hearing in federal court in Duluth, Minnesota, Martin said he used a hammer to smash the glass of the museum door and display case to take the slippers. He said he thought the slippers had real rubies and that he had hoped to sell the gems. Um, They don't have real rubies, or woobies for that matter. Yeah. So there it is. Um, He's pled guilty, but he's 76. He's in failing health, and he will not. He will not be serving time, although... Yeah, <clears throat> he might have to face off against the cowardly lion uh, in defense, in defense of um, Dorothy, who had her ruby slippers stolen. Seriously, why didn't Galinda, why did she make her go through the hell of traveling all the way to Oz? Yes, on the yellow brick road. Uh, nearly get taken out by the wicked bitch, not to mention the flying monkeys, on oodles of occasion. They almost froze to death in a snowstorm in the poppy field. And at the end of the movie, now now you tell her she just needs to click her heels? I'm starting to wonder who are the good guys and who are the bad guys around here. 508-222-1320. Uh, still lining up some songs here. Trying to get some funny ones in there because I'm going to be out of here. Uh, very soon, just after our 11 a.m. break, I've got to drive up to uh, Worcester, Massachusetts and speak to one of Dave Angel's uh, classes. What story is this? Haven't done much politics today, but let me just sneak this one in here. From the uh, Business Insider website, a 15-year-old aspiring journalist who had made Ron DeSantis squirm with his questioning was thrown out of a GOP event by the police. Story written by Nathan Reynolds for Business Insider. Really, really. Uh, Republicans who are so, so afraid of, scared of, and intimidated by, let me think, the truth when it comes to any subject, are having 15-year-old student reporters uh, tossed out of uh, meetings and events uh, because the questions he asks are too difficult. You can't handle the truth, I'd love to hear the 15-year-old say. Um, A 15-year-old aspiring journalist, Quinn Mitchell, known for his pointed questioning of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis was thrown out of a Republican Party event by the police on Friday, the Boston Globe first reported. Mitchell, a political enthusiast because he's 15 years old and can't get a date and none of the cool kids at school let him sit with them at the lunch table, uh, was escorted out of the first in the nation leadership summit in Nashua, New Hampshire. 
He had gained notoriety after he asked DeSantis at a June town hall in Hollis, New Hampshire, if he believed that Trump violated the peaceful transfer of power, a key principle of American democracy that we must uphold. What? The 15-year-old's already reached puberty? All right, I won't use that voice anymore then. The question provoked the governor's uncomfortable, evasive response because, yeah, they've got to run against Trump while not annoying uh, any of his followers uh, who are still stupid enough or evil enough to be supporters of him. Uh, Because you can't win anything in the uh, Republican Party without appealing to the Trumpian base because today's members of the Republican Party are just that stupid and that evil. Every single stinking one of them except for those who you've kicked out of the party, like Kinzinger, Adam Kinzinger, Liz Cheney, Mitt Romney, uh, for (laughs) having the audacity, the unmitigated gall, the stones, to try to tell you stupid people the truth. Oh, well. (sighs) Yes, the question provoked the governor's uncomfortable, evasive response, and the encounter garnered much attention online. In a separate incident at a July 4th parade, Mitchell told CNN that he was subjected to Physical intimidation by some members of DeSantis' security team. Were they wearing brown shirts? Were they wearing brown shirts? Because whenever you annoy a Republican today, instead of arguing the issues with you, uh, they threaten violence, just like Hitler's followers in the brown shirts did. (laughs) Can't win on issues? We'll threaten to beat the crap out of you, even if you're just a 15-year-old kid. Wow, they must be so proud. He added that he thought it was a restriction of free speech and that it was very concerning they're willing to go to that extent just to shut down a very simple question about January 6th. And that extent is threatening violence against a 15-year-old kid. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? (sighs) Whoops. What did I hit? Despite becoming somewhat accustomed to such steely responses and threats of violence, Mitchell did not expect to be thrown out of Friday's event. I knew that DeSantis was going to speak there, Mitchell said in a podcast episode where he went through the events of the day, so I knew there might be some never-back-down people who knew who I was. And the reason that Quinn Mitchell, the 15-year-old, has time for a podcast is because he has no shot at getting a date, and none of the cool kids will let him sit at the lunch table with them. Yeah. At the event, a woman he did not know approached him and said, I know who you are. You're a tracker, someone who closely follows and records political opponents. He then said she took him to a room where another man accused him of lying about who he was and said that he had misrepresented himself. He was then removed from the Sheridan Nashua Hotel by security and local police officers. Jimmy Thompson, the spokesperson for the New Hampshire Republican Party. Yeah, New Hampshire Republican Party and members of the New Hampshire Republican Party, each one of them whiter, fatter, dumber, and stupider than the next. I know dumber and stupider is redundant, repetitive, and reduplicative, but you get my point. Said that Mitchell's ejection from the event had been a mistake. The New York Times reported, during the course of the two-day event, an overzealous volunteer mistakenly made the decision to have Quinn removed from the event, thinking he was a Democratic tracker. 
Thompson wrote in a text message on Saturday per the Times. Once the incident came to our staff's attention, the New Hampshire GOP, full of large, ignorant white people, led him back into the event where he was free to enjoy the rest of the summit. The Florida governor's communications office has yet to reply to a request for comment from Insider, which has made outside, which was made outside of regular working hours. All right, where are we? Uh, We're going to take a break. We'll be right back on the other side. Whoops, hold on. We got some remote correspondence here. Agent 6 writes, I thought we were going to spend the 11 o'clock hour dissecting the Patriots' big loss yesterday. We don't need that long. They stink. Their offensive line is awful. Mac Jones is not good enough to play quarterback in the NFL. And anyone who was any good on defense is hurt. Hello, 1-15 or 1-16 season. Whoops. Um, Agent 5, regarding my scurrilous accusations against Glinda, the allegedly good witch, who uh, made Dorothy uh, go through five rings of hell before she told her the secret of the ruby slippers. Paul, Dorothy would not have learned her lessons if Glenda had let her zip home. Silly man. Plus, Hollywood would not have made a zillion bucks off the movie LLOL. I think Agent 5 might be right. I think Agent 5 is right. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Um, ending the show early today. I've got to go up to Worcester State University. Excuse me. And speak to one of Dave Angel's classes. Uh, same thing tomorrow. So we're out of here at 11 a.m. Pardon me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> You'd be happier if uh, all of the shows ended an hour early. Rats. Uh, today, special holidays. The birth of Bob. That's B-A-B with a... Little accent mark over the A. Carol, what's Bob or who's Bob? Yeah, we'll go talk to Bob, as they say in the Blues Brothers. Global Cat Day, couldn't care less. I do not celebrate cats. I'd celebrate Global, global Kitten Day. Come on. You got to like kittens. But cats? Yuck. Uh, International Adjust Your Chair Day. Uh, we celebrate that every day here at uh, 1320 WRA whenever we have a guest in studio. Boy, oh boy, you should see those people struggle over trying to adjust the height of the chairs. Only took me six or seven months to figure it out. Jim Jones got it in the first 10 seconds, but oh well. Uh, Multicultural Diversity Day, something that will not be celebrated in the red state, stupid states. Uh, national bo- it's National Boss Day. We've discussed this uh, in years past on October 16th. Uh, do we need a National Boss Day? They're the boss. Wow. I mean, they could order us to celebrate National Boss Day, sure. But really, we're celebrating bosses? I get celebrating secretary administrative assistants. Um, I get bring your rotten, crumb-crushing kids to work, all that stuff. But Boss Day? No, thank you. No, thank you. Um... National Clean Your Virtual Desktop Day. Uh, Something I've got to do on my computer at home. Boy, oh boy, oh boy, is my computer at home running slow. I think I have like 3.6% memory left on the thing. I've got so much crap on that computer. National Cut Up Your Credit Card Day, but not your debit card. National Department Store Day. Department Store. 
What the hell's a department store? You know, department stores. Things I used to have back in my day in the mall. They'd have the Sears department store, Leechmere, Montgomery Ward, Macy's. Well, did they ever have those here? Yes, the Emerald Square Mall used to be full of department stores. <whistles> what happened? What happened to department stores? The interweb and Amazon. Um, if you're legless or sick, uh, go ahead. Keep ordering things off Amazon. If you're not legless uh, or sick or, or, you know, otherwise inconvenienced, for crying out loud, will you go to the store and buy things there the way God herself intended and not fill the world full of uh, litter and garbage and excess plastics by ordering things off of Amazon. National Liqueur, National Liqueur, National Liqueur Day, National Sports Day. Yeah. Uh, which, when I become benevolent czar, will be changed to, oh, my stars, the Patriots stink out loud. Uh, they're one and fifth, uh, one and five, and got, go ahead, go ahead, look at their schedule of teams coming up. Can you see them beating any of them? Any of them? All right, they play the Jets again, but still. Heck, the Jets knocked off the undefeated Eagles yesterday, something the Patriots couldn't do. Steve Jobs Day, nope. World Food Day, World Spine Day, and that's it. All right, um, almost out of here in Un Momento, por favor. I think i got to get a couple of songs ready. So I have, uh, <clears throat> do I have an hour's worth of music in here to cover the last hour? I don't know. 508-222-1320, but what's the point of calling now? Show's almost over for me today. Heading up to what? Worcester. Uh, thanks for your remote correspondence uh, earlier on. Uh, things we didn't get to. Uh, oh, when you were young or when you were a youth, did you play with these toys and board games? To heck with the toys. We've talked about that before. We'll look at board games. 21 historical facts that aren't in the history books. We'll talk about some of that tomorrow. And uh, looking back at 14 of history's most insane scams. Thanks for joining us, folks. I'm off to Worcester State University. You won't have me to kick around for the next 61 minutes. <laughs>